is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. I am so happy you're here. So before I introduce today's guest, I want to share with you my five habits for being happy. Number one, take care of yourself first. When you are constantly taking care of everyone else, it is critical that you take time to do something for yourself. And this may mean that you have to say no to somebody else. Number two, gratitude. Every morning, list everything you have to be grateful for. At any time during the day, you can press the reset button by focusing on all of your blessings and feel its loving embrace. It is the quickest way to shift your energy from negative to positive. Number three, forgiveness. Pay attention to your thoughts around every situation. If you're feeling anything but love, there is likely someone you need to forgive. Many times, we have to forgive ourselves as well. Remember, forgiving is all about setting you free from the negative feelings you're holding onto. Number four, shift your perspective. Your perspective is the lens in which you view the world. Your perspective becomes your perception, which turns into your beliefs. Then it influences your behavior, which ends up becoming your reality. Ask yourself, is there another way to see this situation? Most likely there is. And last, number five, trust with no expectations. Always trust that everything is going to work out exactly how it is supposed to. It always does. Just be sure not to attach any expectations to the outcome. Because worrying about anything does not serve you. Trust instead and let your life flow exactly how it is supposed to. For more information, please visit my website at sandyscarlotta.com. So I have a wonderful interview today with Michelle Foucault. She is such a joy to talk to, as all my guests are, of course. But before I introduce her, I just want to say my son went through something that no parent wants to have their kids go through. Nothing happened to him, but he was just a witness to something. And I just want to say, hug your children, hug your loved ones. Life is short and just make the most of every moment that you have here on this on this earth because you just never know when it's going to come to an end and ah oh, just life is short hug your children hug your husband your wife your 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 dog your your parents you know everyone all right so i am speaking with reverend michelle fuqua she has her mba she is an author wife, mother, sister, friend, pastor, coach, mentor. She is a certified transformational life coach and pastor who helps individuals to discover and unlock their purpose, release their power, and receive the prosperity that God intended for them to have. We have a really wonderful conversation, and I hope you enjoy the interview. Hello, Michelle. How are you doing today? I'm wonderful. How are you? I am doing great. I'm great. It's Monday, another week. It's Monday. Another week. Yes, another week living the dream, right? Yes, it has been a jam-packed day. <laughs> Same for me. Same for me. 
All right. So, Michelle, I know that you are an author. You, you've got an MBA. Wow. Um, you're a certified transformational life coach. You're a pastor. So tell me about, was there a specific time in your life, right, that was a pivotal moment that brought you on this path to where you are today? Well, there, there have been a couple of different pivot points for me. You know, when I was younger, it was all about survival and going to college and getting a degree, doing something so I could take care of myself and provide the basic needs. But most recently, I think the, the pivot point for me in the last three years happened in February of uh, two years ago. What was that, 2020? I, I kind of blank out on 2020, but it was... Probably 2019. 2019. I, I had a mammogram and I got a call from the nurse and she said the the radiologist wanted me to come back for diagnostic because they saw something in the mammogram and so immediately I began to awfulize that and I was like oh my god I'm I'm dying I have breast cancer I haven't done anything that I dreamed of doing in my life I haven't completed these things and I started listing off all the things that would go undone if I passed away and I started thinking about the time that I spent with my my husband and my children and really just calibrating around what my life priorities are and what I would want to see in my eulogy if in fact I were to pass away. Now, fortunately, there was nothing on that mammogram when I went back for that second time, but boy, did that really shake me and wake me up. Oh my gosh, of course it would. Yes. and Well, thank God for that, right? <laughs> yeah, so I, I, really, I really, at that point, began to focus on making lists of the things that I wanted to get done and strategizing on how to do those things. And of course, last year when, when, we, when we got hit with the pandemic, I felt like everybody, everybody was chasing daylight and running from death. And, and I was in that boat too. And so I've just really ramped up my focus on living in my calling and living in my purpose. And I'll tell you the truth, sometimes I run myself in the ground trying to do that. My brother passed away a couple years ago at the age of 40. And then my older brother was in a serious accident on his job. And all of these things collided at one time and really pressed down on me. And I was grieving and also at the same time going, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Most people would look and say, well, you're already successful. You started a church. You have a good job. You have great children. And I do. I have all of that. But I just always felt like there were some things that I wanted to get done in my life before I before I leave this earth that I wanted to pay more attention to. So that's what I've been doing. And it's ramped up every year. I will say over the last four years, different little episodes have recalibrated me and kept me focused on moving forward in that and helping other people who need help and want to move in that same direction with me. I love it. And I love that you use the word calibrated because that resonates with me. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, and, and just that term alone needs to get out there, right? Oh, yeah. So people understand what that means. 
Yes, yes. So what does that mean to you? And, and once we finish that, I want to go back to the beginning of your story, but, but talk to me about what calibration means to you. So can we talk about calibration today, what it means to me Did, today? <laughs> yes, yes, let's do that. So last week, I had one of those weeks where I, as I told you, I, I run myself uh, into the ground sometimes trying to live where I'm supposed to. I need better balance. So last week I had to shut down. And in in the shutting down, and it wasn't necessarily where I said, you know, I'm going to shut down. It was my body and my mind said, we're taking a break. And you can go where you want to go, but it'll be just you and your body because the mind is staying put. And then the body was like, I'm staying with the mind. So in that time, I said, okay, what is it that you, what are you, why are you pushing yourself so hard? What are you trying to accomplish? What good will it do if you run, what example are you if you don't have balance, if you don't have good self-care habits, if you don't practice what you preach to the degree that people see you taking breaks, people actually see you doing leisurely activities. If all people ever see you doing is working and serving, uh, then that's not a good witness, a good example either. So I had to calibrate back to say, okay, what is your overall initial calling and how does everything that you're doing fit in that and why does it all have to get done every day can we put a schedule together a quarterly schedule so that if you want to be involved in all these things they can only be done according to a schedule now I have a problem with that because I'm creative type and so I battle with the engineer in me and the creative battle back and forth with between structure and free spiritedness and I had to calibrate so that even while I'm striving to do good that I make sure that I balance it and that I I live a full life every day while living on purpose that I don't forget to take time in the morning to be grateful and to pray and to smile at the people in my house and when the phone rings and it's one somebody in your family are you are you too are you really too busy to have those conversations with them are you ignoring the important things for the sake of this elusive long term what you want to get done before you die so i had to put all of that in perspective well, and I love that you say living your life on purpose and because that's, I mean, for me, like that's what we're here for, that's right? right? To live a life on purpose. And the balance thing that you said, I'm a Libra, right? And I'm not into astrology, mm-hmm. but the Libra sign is the, the scales. Yes. <laughs> and it's so funny because I am constantly searching for balance uh-huh. and I finally had to accept the fact that I may, I may never get there. Like I, I aim for it every day and some days are better than others. But it's just something that I'm always striving for. And and it's just a matter of like refining it. And I'm hoping one day I'll find that magic sauce. But yeah, it's like <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's very hard. So I want to go back to in your story, when when you first started sharing, you were talking about survival. What was that like for you when you were in college and you felt like you were in survival mode? So I come from a background that would be considered underprivileged. Um, I paid my way through college 
while working full-time and going to school full-time. And I didn't have any problems doing that. It was what I wanted to do. But at that time, when I looked at, if you asked me, why are you going to school? Why are you getting this degree? It was all about so I can pay my rent, so I can have a roof over my head, so I can have food on the table. Because really, through college, I ate a lot of sandwiches and you know, ramen noodles and things that many college students uh, survive on and, and nothing wrong with that at all. But looking at going back to live with my mom and dad was something that I was not interested in doing. And so I felt like I needed to uh, do well in school, graduate, get a good job, do good on my job. And the funny thing is, when I on my first job, uh, one of the managers was attempting to mentor me, but he didn't even realize the gap that existed between where I was and the and what he was sharing with me. I couldn't process him saying to me, "You need to make sure that you are." Uh, at the front of the pack that you are seeing that you are doing these things it went over my head I didn't understand what he meant I didn't understand how to make that happen and it, it took a long time for me to really really get into that corporate flow where I understood how to be successful in corporate America so in doing that I, w I was successful in getting raises and promotions and as you get those you get a little bit more money and that little bit more money quote unquote provides you with a little bit more security until you get to the point where that part of you that says hey but there's something else that you want to do sure you have this security sure you have these things but what about this what about the possibilities what about the things you used to dream of when you were a child and it just starts to call you and and sing in your heart and so you say you say well let me figure it out and over the course of your adult life you start figuring out what things really bring you joy. And fortunately for me, I was able to do a lot of those things within my corporate position because we have such a great philosophy of serving in the community and, and mentoring one another. And it was quite fulfilling and actually helped me to grow and develop in ways that I never would have imagined in that, in that particular area. Wow. I love that. And the thing is, is that, and, and you have kids, I have one son, he's in college right now. And when you're young, you don't know what you don't know, right? That's right. And sometimes it's, it's totally okay. I mean, I didn't go to college until 35 years after I graduated from high school because I didn't know what I wanted to go to college for. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't going to waste my own money because I, I had to put myself through college just like you did. But I mean, I was an adult, you know, so, you know, it's a little bit easier when you already have a full-time job and everything, but it's okay, you know, and, and I tell my son that all the time, like, it's okay if you don't really know what you want to do, like, you'll figure it out along the way. Yeah. And, and you have, it takes time to get to a point where you can be comfortable with that, to say, what I'm called to do tomorrow, how I see it might change from what it is today. And I'm okay with living today with what I know and then changing and pivoting tomorrow if, if, the, if it calls for it. Absolutely. What is that saying? What I know today may not be true tomorrow. Something exactly. Like exactly. 
And I've, I've gotten very comfortable with, with that. Yeah, yeah. So what kind of engineer are you? I'm a mechanical engineer. I went to... No way! I am. I went to North Carolina State University. We won't even talk about when I graduated. <laughs> and moved to Miami, Florida. Graduated from, from college and took my little country behind to Miami, Florida. And the first night I was there, I, I'm staying in a hotel because my my apartment wasn't ready. So the company put me up in a hotel and I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I began to panic. And I'm like, what in the world are you doing this far away from your mama? <laughs> but I, I, I stayed down there for five years and then moved, moved to uh, Georgia which is where I live now. I've been here for over 25 years and never intended to stay. Didn't know when I came here that this is where I would plant my roots and raise my children and and just live out the main years of my life as an adult. So it's been very pleasing and rewarding. Oh, that's great. That's really great. And thank you for sharing so much about, you know, the survival that you went through when you were in college. And, and I, I can relate to that for sure. I actually, the reason I didn't go to college right out of high school was because I was a competitive ice skater. And my only goal in life was to go on the ice capades. And two weeks after I graduated from high school, they I got a letter from the ice capades stating that I was put on a waiting list. And I was like, well, now what am I going to do with my life? Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was, and it was totally okay. You know, and I tell a lot of my friends' sons, my my son's friends rather because there's a few that have been like you know I don't really want to go to college I'm like that's okay you know yeah. you, you can go when you're ready you can go when you're ready you know like like my sister knew from the age of five probably that she wanted to be a nurse in that and she started yeah <laughs> and she started candy being a candy stripe right when they used to be candy stripes mm-hmm. back in the day I remember that she started Yeah, she started doing that in her teens, and she was a nurse for I don't know how many years. She just retired. She's in her 60s now, and she retired, but she was a nurse her entire career, and that's great, but but most people don't have that, right? No, they don't. They don't, and some people never go to college and aren't meant for college, and they find another way to get the knowledge and the information that they need in order to live their life, so it's lots of different ways to be successful. Yes. Lots of different ways to find that happiness. I know plenty of people who didn't go to college and are hugely successful. Some people that, you know, partied their way through through college, you know, Mm -hmm. barely passed and are hugely successful. So it's not for everybody, but it it certainly is, you know, something that uh, if it's if it's important to you, then, then by all means do it. So let's talk about your book. So you, your book is called In Christ We Live. So tell me about that and what inspired you to write it? It's, it's one of, remember I told you about my list? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's one of those that's on my list. And it, it's really a precursor to something that I want to do in regards to a synthesis of the life of Jesus. And I created that 40-day devotional specifically for the resurrection season, the Lent season, it's a, it's a 40 day devotional and it takes you through the life of Jesus and it uses his life and pulls from it to give us some guides and some principles 
on how we can apply what we see him doing in our lives. Now, this year, I've been in three anthologies. Two of them have been uh, on the bestseller list on Amazon in multiple categories. Congratulations. Thank you. That's more of that COVID energy release. So I, I think so many people took the time that we had during COVID and uh, took some of that nervous energy and, and funneled it into some different directions. And, and that's what I did. I am actually uh, got my book, my the book that I was supposed to publish in February. I got it back from the editor. And I, and I have to confess to you that I started reading your book and you said something that made me feel really good when you said that you had your book and you kept editing it and editing it and editing it <laughs> and trying to get it to this point of perfection. But eventually you realized that you had to let it go. And and that resonated with me because I'm in that same place. And, it, and I share some things in the book uh, that really kind of make me cringe, even though I've worked hard this year to be transparent and to share different things about my life that I believe will help other people to overcome blocks and fears, anything that's holding them back from being who they are created to be. And I want to release the book, but it's like, somebody's going to think I'm an idiot. I'm going to offend somebody from my hometown. Oh my God, I can't write. This doesn't make sense. (laughs) And I just got to let it go. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you do. Because you know what, Michelle, what other people think about you and your story is none of your business. It's none of my business. None of my business. <laughs> you are so right. They do not pay and, my bills. Right. And thank you for sharing that. And I have to tell you that it was hard for me to release my book because there's a part of my story that I don't like to remember, but mm. it's such an important part of my story because it's what put me on my path. And that is the drug addiction that I experienced. And at first, my first draft of the book did not have that chapter in it. Mm. And I realized that this is important because that's such a huge part of my story that I had to put it in there. And I talked to my son and I talked to my husband and I'm like, are you okay with with me putting this out there in the world? And they're like, absolutely, because it's going to help other people. And I was like, oh, good. Thank you. You know, yes. but, uh, but it is, it's hard. And quite frankly, just just real quick, because this interview is about you, but I just want to share this real quick with Mm -hmm. the listeners, because it's something that I just experienced yesterday for the very first time in my life. And when we have these first time things we experience, it's a little hard. Yeah. I am doing a free online course this week, or it's over Zoom, and it's to small business owners. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I wasn't getting the, it's kind of an experiment for me. And by the time this episode is, air, is aired, it's going to be long past this time. So you know, I'm not here to promote that. So I thought, well, let me just place a small Facebook ad. You know, maybe I'll generate some people that may be interested mm-hmm. in joining this free retreat because I have some amazing information. I can't tell you. Well, it was probably maybe 10 or 12 people that were hating on me. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> in, your, in your ad? Commenting yeah. on your ad? They're like, you're a scammer you know, this is so full of it. You know, you're, you know, I don't care. I mean, just the negativity, but, and thank goodness I could delete all of those, but they didn't even know you, right? They don't even know me. Right. They don't even know me. Yeah. And I'm like, and at first I'm like, I'm not an imposter. Like 
I, I, no. But I just share that with you because part of putting yourself out there, you're going to have people that are going to be, and I just use the word hate, and I, and I do not like to use that word because it's such a low energy word, but I don't know what else to call them, right? They're, they're, the, they're the haters. They're haters. Haters hate. Haters hate. And what it is, is I'm putting up a mirror in front of them and they're seeing something in themselves that they don't like, right? That's right. By the message that I'm sharing. That's right. So I'm only just throwing out that for you and everybody else who's listening that, you know, and it was hard for me because I'm like, you know, I call myself America's happiness coach, right? I love (laughs) that. I love that. So you got me, you, when, when I, you know, I'm, I'm a studier. I'm a, I'm an undercover geek. So when you said, um, you know, when you invited me on the, on the podcast, I was so excited and, and I went and uh, about your book and I started reading it, didn't have time to finish it. Uh, listened to a couple of your podcasts and I said, okay, her podcast is exactly what it says it is. So I was like, okay, are you happy? And, and I actually wrote a, a little, a little blog that I haven't posted it about happiness. And I remembered that I used to say that happiness is overrated and pulling that out. I had to really think about what in the world did you mean by that? Because if you look at happiness as a fundamental component of love, joy, and peace, then it, it can never be overrated is something that is our divine right to have. Yes. And I, I believe that I have an overabundance of it, even in the middle of struggle and challenge. I still find joy to the point where sometimes people are offended because I can be uh, a situation can be so totally bad. Like when my brother died, I still found a way to smile. I still lived in a place of joy, even in the crying in the morning, because ultimately I knew that he needed to to be uh, in a better place than, than where he was. And so I was like, happiness is not overrated. Uh, happiness is something that we have to definitely see as ours to have. And, and we are responsible for making it come to pass in our lives. And what are you doing to, to have that happiness? And I, I, I mean, I quizzed myself on this and, I, and the main thing that I do, and I think that I'm going to do some research because I, my hypothesis is that people who ha- who live a life of gratitude, those are the ones that have got to be living to a hundred years old. So I'm going to interview some people in their nineties to see if the first thing they do in the morning is to humble themselves in gratitude and, and just think of all the small things that we overlook that are sources of joy and happiness, things that we take for granted. And then, Mm -hmm. uh, and then moving from gratitude to service. Now, over the last year, I, I did take a, a detour to this place where you got to make sure you're serving self. If you're not serving self first, you don't have anything left for others because if you know that story about the airplane and the mask and all of that. And I, and I backed off of that a little bit because I said, I got to have, like we said, balance and, and caring for myself, but I got to live a life of service because that's how I'm created. I have to feel like I'm doing something that's for the greater good, even if that greater good is just these 14 houses on my street. It doesn't have to be the masses. And and that brings us to the point where in service, 
when you serve through your purpose, it brings you the ultimate fulfillment because you're using your gifts, your talents and your abilities in a way that you were created to use them. And you develop natural skills that align with your purpose and your calling and you find your sweet spot and you don't have the same amount of time to fixate on negative things. I remember a time when have you heard of the ants, the automatic negative thought syndrome? I had that in a bad way. And as I started focusing on the positive and the impact that I could have in the world around me, the more I focused on those positive things, the more I began to leave the negative thoughts behind. Now, of course, you know, there's mindset that has to be done with your self-identity and and what, and what you feel you're capable of, that every time you try to go to another level, you have to make sure that you are clear, that you are qualified and capable of going to that level in your mind. Uh, so, yes. so, not, so, so not from that perspective, uh, but just living that life of purpose, letting go of the negativity. I, I mean, we could do a, a, a whole hour on some of the disruptive thoughts that I had to work through in order to to first of all stand and then second of all be a female pastor in the south and then write a book and then even interview for some of the jobs that I've interviewed for in my career and now looking back realizing how many times I popped the clutch because I didn't on the inside I didn't feel worthy of different types of opportunities I didn't feel like I measured up to some of the competition so to speak and when I look back I say that was ridiculous that you limited yourself and it was a subconscious thing I didn't wake up and say I'm not qualified I just found excuses not to push myself in those ways and and that's something that's a message that I really really want to make sure for women because men don't have the the same challenge with it although I'm sure some do but women pull back women women will not apply for a job if they don't meet all of the requirements in the description and men will apply if they meet uh, six of them out of 10. I read an article <laughs> yes. about that. The percentage of times a man will apply for a job versus the percentage of times a woman will apply. And I, and I was that story. I limited myself, I believe, throughout my career. Well, my day job is I manage a recruiting department mm-hmm. for a federal contractor. So yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I review hundreds of resumes every week. So yes, you're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you see it, and and it's it's yeah. even. I mean, it happens now. I I feel like I've I've done some things, some pretty significant things, based on my capabilities and looking where I started. But every time it's time to do something new, I have to go through this process all over again. Like this book. It's been written since the book's been finished. What is this? This is May. The book's been done since November. And it's time to publish it. It was supposed to come out in February. Just moving forward. And I believe that the reason why I have to continue going through the struggle (laughs) is it keeps me empathetic so that when I'm helping young ladies and and older ladies uh, to walk through 
whatever is keeping them from from achieving what they want to do i can i can know how hard it is to walk in the fullness of who you are and to burst through walls and leap over buildings uh and break through glass ceilings break through glass ceilings all of that <laughs> it we make it look good <laughs> yes we do yes we do and i want to go back to what you were saying about how you know some people get offended because you are just able to be in that place of joy. My favorite quote, which is the only quote that I was able to put in my book, and there was another one, I wish I wrote it down. So I spent a lot of time preparing for my book and I had all these amazing quotes that I came up with, mm-hmm. right? And I put them in there only to have it sent to my publisher. And they're like, well, you need to get permission from all these people. And you quoted something from Martin Luther King and and you need to get permission from them. And you can't quote Einstein because you have to get permission from them. And I'm like, what? <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. So I had to eliminate all of the quotes. The only quote that I was able to put because I thought, you know what, I, I don't have time to try to find all these people and get permission. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know. I, I had no clue that you're not allowed to publish that in a book. I guess it's different if it's in, in an article for a newspaper or a magazine, but in a book where that I'm, you know, potentially, you know, profiting on, you're not allowed to use it. Mm-hmm. And and it makes sense. So the only quote that I have in there, which is my my favorite, and I have a little thing in my kitchen, I read it every day, is peace. It's not about being in a place where there's no trouble or or noise or hard work. It's about being in the midst of those things and still feeling calm in your heart. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's a hard place to get to. And and I just want to tell you, Michelle, you know, all the things that you're talking about, you're you're perfectly human. And everything that you're going through and you're talking about these thoughts, that's normal. And we're going to always have thoughts like that, right? Yes. We're never going to reach this level of perfection. It's not possible. Because we're, I always say, and I'm sorry for those of you who have heard me say this already multiple times, if you want to live in complete peace and happiness, then go sit on a mountain and meditate for 24 hours a day and not interact with any other human being. And only then will you be complete, you know, a complete peace in your heart. But that is not realistic. Exactly. Right? So we're living our life. We're live, we're doing our daily things, dealing with our children, our families, our mother, you know, neighbors, all of those things. And you're going to have those thoughts that come up and it's perfectly okay. The difference is what you do after you have those thoughts. How do you react? How do you react to those thoughts? Yes. Right? Yes. Do you use them to propel you or do you allow them to cripple you? Yep. It's, It's true. The gratitude, that is the most important part of shifting yourself from a state of negativity to a state of positivity. And it's so you, you'll shift so quickly. And I've, I've mentioned this before on, on a previous episode of the podcast, and I'll share it again. I just remember this time when I was talking to my son and he was driving back to school. We live in Virginia. He goes to the University of Louisville. It's a nine hour drive. And this was in January. It was dark. He was tired. It was eight o'clock at night and he still had an hour left of his drive. So he called me and he was just so upset about this whole situation going on with his friends, you know, all the drama that, you know, kids that age they have. And I listened to him and then I started shifting the conversation to gratitude. And within minutes, you could hear it in his voice, how he was shifting. Mm-hmm. And the last 20 minutes of his drive, we were laughing and telling jokes. And it just, it, it was almost instantaneous. As soon as I started throwing out, I heard him, I let him talk let him get it off of his chest. And then I started shifting it to gratitude and he just lightened up 
because you start thinking, oh my gosh, you know, yes, it's okay that I feel this way. Yes. Right? It's real. These feelings I'm having right now are real. And I got them off my chest. Now let's start thinking about everything I have to be grateful for because there's so many people in the world who are going through so much worse than, than me driving my car back to college, right? That's fully paid for. Yes, yes. Right? You just have to put it in perspective, right? Isn't that the truth? I mean, you know, I I wake up and I and I know so many people who are who are in poor health and I consistently get good health reports. And I don't take that for granted. I don't take for granted that I actually have a sense of calling and purpose and something burning in my heart to do. So I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for my husband and my children, a job that over the years we've, we've had several economic blips and we've managed to just to be kept. And there's a lot to be grateful for. And, and you can focus on the negative, but I'm convinced that if you put the positives in a bucket and you put the negatives in a bucket, your negative bucket shouldn't be shouldn't be full. If it is, we need to talk. But your your positive <laughs> yeah. bucket is going to overflow if you really, really um, are honest about and being grateful with, for what you have. Oh, so true. My gosh, that is so true. So what is the name of your next book that you're waiting to get published? So it's either Ignite Your Purpose uh, live, uh, how to live your 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 divine calling so that you can flow in the abundant life, or is uh, walk in your purpose. I have like five, and I, I have this group that I'm in this writers group, and I, I put it out there to them. But I, I really think I'm going to stick with ignite your purpose because similar to you, last year I did a five day purpose challenge via Facebook and the name of it was Ignite Your Purpose and I believe that was something that was given to me and I'm going to stick with that. So the title of the book, the subtitle remains to be fleshed out completely, but it's going to be Ignite Your Purpose. Okay, folks, you heard it here first. Ignite, Ignite Your Purpose. And you know what? That really resonated with me more so than the others. Okay, and you can good. always put a subtitle in there. Right. You know? I didn't have a subtitle at first. And it was literally, I had already sent my manuscript to the publisher when I said, I'm going to add a subtitle, Climbing 100 Steps. Mm. And it was because of, um, I have some coaches that I'm working with, and it just made sense. And I went back and then re, you know, edited my book. And it's kind of a metaphor. You know, like some people joke like, oh, do I have to climb a hundred steps to get to happy? I'm like, no, it's it's a metaphor. Right. I, I like <laughs> there's not a hundred steps. <laughs> I like I like that. It's it's like you're gonna have struggle along your journey, but you gotta be able to find your place of peace, like you said earlier, in the middle of the storm. Can you find peace and contentment? Can you say, even though the winds are blowing around me and raging, I know that there are some truths, some eternal truths for where I am right now. And I'm going to stay constant with what I'm doing because I know I'm doing the right thing. Uh, that That's that place of happiness and peace. That's when that's when you lose people that you love and, and you think you can't go on and live without them. And yet you find a way to think about the good times you had with them. 
and learn to be content with that because that's what you have left the the beautiful memories and some of the memories aren't beautiful some of the memories are sad and you look back at it in reflection and you learn from it and you use it to uh, help yourself and other people to not make some of the same mistakes that you made or your loved one made so I, I, I love that climbing the hundred steps Thank you. It's like it's like they never end, too. (laughs) No, they don't. They don't. Because you know, life happens while we're busy making other plans. That was actually going to be the title of my book (laughs) when I started writing it in 2014. And then and then I I, you know, things change, as you know. Yes. But yeah, life is always going to be throwing us curveballs and it's never going to change. And you just have to I I heard a Somebody years ago said, you know, you just got to be a surfer girl. Just ride the waves, you know? And it's like, it's so true. Yeah. Right? We're just like on a surfboard in the ocean, riding those waves. Ride and there's the going to be ups and downs. And yeah. Oh, Michelle, you are such a joy to speak with. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners today? I just, I just want to encourage your listeners that you can find happiness in some of the most simplest things. But the greatest way for you to live in that place of happiness is to, is to strive to live in your own authenticity and do those things that are true in your heart. Have clarity about what who you are and what you want to accomplish in your life. And then take intentional steps every day to give honor to that and value that and do something related to that, even if it's a five-minute activity, live in your own authenticity. Oh, my gosh, that is beautiful. I am actually writing this down so I can mention it after, after this. Michelle, thank you so much. You just shared so much valuable information that is going to help so many people and It was such an honor to have you as a guest today. So thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care. What a wonderful woman and just a great example of how living in gratitude can make such a difference in your life, you know, to live your life on purpose. I love what she had to say about live in authenticity, have clarity and take intentional steps every single day toward, you know, your purpose, toward your purpose in life. Such great advice that she had to give. So her name is Michelle Fuqua. Her website is michellefuqua.com. That is going to be in the show notes. Uh, I'll go ahead and spell it for you. It's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-W-F-U-Q-U-A.com is her website. And again, you can see that in the show notes. So thank you so much for listening today. If you'd like to learn more about me, my website is sandyscarlotta.com. My book, Happiness Solved, Climbing 100 Steps, is available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Coach Sandy Scarlotta. And as always, I hope that you and your loved ones and your family stay safe and healthy and that your life is filled with peace, love, happiness, and of course, lots of gratitude. Take care, everyone.